0: Welcome back to Girls Talk Ag, plowing through the manure online. Uh, This week, we're going to have a Girls Talk Cool discussion. And no, I'm not talking about how cool uh, we are, because we are. Uh, We're actually going to... Totally cool. We're totally cool. We're actually going to talk about country of origin labeling this week. Um, I am with my partners in crime. I've got Jen Campbell. Morning. And Karen Corrigan. Hello. Karen, I'm always afraid I'm going to say your last name wrong. And it's not hard. I, don't, oh, I
1: get called Kerrigan all the time.
0: That's why it's Karen Kerrigan sounds better. You should change it that way. <laughs> so. So. Uh, so what is cool? Um, discussing the country of origin labeling. So basically, you know, I'm going to give you the the flyover of, of cool in general. Uh As I said, country of origin labeling, it's a law that requires uh, retailers to notify their customers of the origin of their food. And, you know, surprisingly, it actually started in uh, 1930. Um, The Tariff Act of 1930 stated that every imported good must be marked with a country of origin. Um, Except for at that point in time, uh, vegetables, fruits, nuts, berries, live or dead animals, fish and birds in their natural state were exempt why i'm i'm not 100 percent sure what's um, left yeah good like clothes mainly it was okay. clothes automobiles um okay. anything that you wouldn't
2: eat i guess that makes sense i was thinking food not okay yeah
0: right well wouldn't you think that that would be the the more important thing but i think in 1930 we, uh,
1: we weren't that much did we uh
0: not we I think we did some clothes and stuff like that, but I think we were moving really towards a protectionist style um, uh, government where it was very isolationist. We wanted to, to use U.S. goods only. We were rolling into the depression. We'd already had the. Was um, that 1930
1: or 2017? Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: well, and you know, familiar. at the t- yeah, and at the time, how how easy would it have been to import food or export it for that matter?
1: I would think it'd be really hard to keep perishables. Right.
2: right. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why, I mean, maybe some salt pork or something disgusting that you hear about them eating on like the Mayflower or something. I don't know. So it was it was really interesting because that was when uh, the initial act was, was created and put into place. So whenever you see like your clothes that say made in Bangladesh or something like that, um, that is because of a, a 1930s tariff act pretty interesting. Um, fast forward about 72 years and suddenly Congress decided, uh, hey, you know, we should probably start labeling some of our food. Um, so in the Farm Bill of 2002, we, we put forward that some food products would be added. Um, fruits and veggies were the, the first things added, um, I believe. It looks like in my notes, but I could be wrong because they don't really make sense. Apparently I got sidetracked in the middle of that one, but, um, it looks like in, in 2002, the farm bill first established that we wanted to label, um, but it took us until about 2008 to really put it into, to, uh, law and decide then that we were going to label, um, fruits, veggies, nuts, berries, um, all of that stuff, meat, And and all that good stuff. And and no one really paid attention to cool until we saw um, this whole battle that we ran into with the Canadian government launching a challenge to cool um, over meat. And then suddenly we started talking about it. So um, that really is where we're
2: at. So So, what was the Canadian beef? Sorry, that was a little bit of a bad pun there. What what was the Canadian's problem? um, Honey. Jen,
0: that was very punny. I know. Um, they argued before the World Trade Organization that American country of origin labeling rules actually worked to the detriment of the meat industry on both sides of the border. Uh, they said it increased costs, lowered processing efficiency, and otherwise distorted trade. And Mexico came out and said, yeah, we agree. Basically, they were saying that because of NAFTA, um, okay. this, this is actually a thinly you know, like a, a very poorly disguised trade barrier, because as a, a U.S. consumer, I can speak for the fact that I'm going to, to seek out U.S. food products.
2: Right. And and so that that answers my question, though, because I, I was trying to decide if if there was, you know, a recall on something. What set them off? What what caused them suddenly to decide we had violated, you know, some World Trade Organization rule? Yeah, um, it
0: it was basically that they just said that it wasn't fair. It was uh, because Canada and Mexico and the U.S. you know have a, a very um, f- strong flow of uh, meat back and forth. I I think especially Canada and the U.S. I'd have to look and and maybe one of our listeners will do the work for us and show us the the actual trade results. But it was uh, you know a big deal. So when uh, The World Trade Organization ruled in in Canada's favor. A lot of folks said to hell with them, you know, keep keep doing what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And and, uh, then we looked at the fact that Canada and Mexico were were looking to uh, uh, impose about two billion dollars in retaliatory retaliatory tariffs. Say that 17 times fast. No, Um, yeah. And the government was like, no, thanks. And so we we backed away from um, requiring. So there's a huge difference between requiring and mandating. Karen, I know in the past here, a couple of shows ago, you brought up that you're you are particular about uh, which countries of which countries you purchase your produce from. Um, and with you having a, a better background in, in foreign ag production and, and the chemicals used and things like that, you know, I'm kind of interested.
1: What which countries do you look at and uh, avoid and, and why? Well, I mean, first of all, as far as Canada, we were just talking about that a minute ago. I don't have any issues with Canada. I would buy it, you know, without hesitation, just like I would anything from the U.S. When it starts to get to Mexico and South American countries as far as produce, particularly berries, crops that I know have a lot of spray put on them throughout the season in order to keep them nice and pretty for the consumers, I just just don't know... I'm just not comfortable with the standards that might be set in other countries and maybe somewhat because I'm not familiar with them and I can't read other languages to determine what their, um, you know, what their practices are, but I just, it makes me a little iffy. And also, you know, some products that are no longer labeled in the U S due to, you know, carcinogens or other factors are still labeled and used in some other countries, and so that makes me just a little bit leery. So I like to buy produce, particularly from the U.S. Canada's fine. You know, I don't have problems with any food from Australia or places like that. It's just, you know, some of the less regulated countries make me a little bit leery. I mean, I check every freaking dog treat to make sure it's not from China. Um but- <laughs> yeah and then i was really sad to find out this week that there's a lot of apple juice concentrate in juice boxes that comes from china so here i thought i just had to worry about my dog now i have to worry about my kids too which i like that
0: you have checked every label for your dog treats for multiple months and you just discovered the
1: years my dog is 12 (laughs) just like last week you're like oh I know. I was like, I was. I had a juice box that I was putting a straw in, and I and on the side it said, "Concentrate from China." And I was like, "What, mom? Where did you buy this? You know, the dollar store or something?" And now it's from the grocery store.
2: Well, so, um, the chart, the the magic chart I got off Google here says seventy percent of apple juice comes from China.
1: 70%. Apple juice from concentrate. From concentrate, yeah. Yes. So um, I talked to Jeff Vanderwolf up in Michigan. I was like, "Give me a freaking apple juice that I can buy and not have to worry about it coming from somewhere else." And so, um, if you wh- you can buy fresh apple juice from the Old U.S. Orchard, and I
0: believe, right, is a a good. Uh,
1: he didn't mention that, one. he said Indian Summer and uh, the Meyer brand at the Meyer stores, mm-hmm. and then um, some of the Motts. God, but I, I looked. Meyer. <laughs> Some of the Mott's um, is also, but I picked, I just went in and got my um, apple juice from hy V to yeah. see what was on that bottle, and it takes a while to find that little black print on a bottle, Yeah, but it had seven countries listed on it. Wow. Do That's we really a- not have enough apples in the U.S.? That's
2: what I'm, what are we doing with all the apples in the U.S.?
1: Dumping I don't them. know.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, in years of, of too much production, you you do see a lot of food waste. I- I examples. don't
2: get that. Why are we exporting and importing the same stuff? I mean, why why aren't we using what we have here? I mean, I know that's probably sound like Jennifer, you don't know what you're talking about, but no, why you're... is why is all this stuff going back and forth? Why are we importing apple juice concentrate when we have apples, and we're probably exporting some.
0: Oh, we're exporting tons.
2: And I mean, you ask
0: the question of an everyday consumer. It's a it's a very valid question. Um, you know, and and one that, that is amazing or deep to look at. I mean, it, it's really one of those things it's a give and take. Um, you know, an in and out sort of deal. So we, we do have stuff that, that uh, we export and, and contracts that are set up for export. And then we want to make sure that we import Um, As much. And that's the that's I guess that's the the problem or the hindrance of free trade policies is that when you have a a trade policy or a free trade agreement with another country and someone feels that you are um, unfairly doing something to limit their imports of of whatever goods they want to offer or that you're not doing your fair share or, or being I guess, fair. I mean, a free trade or a fair trade policy would be, you know, you take as much as you give. Um, that's what we run into. And so then we end up in these situations where we're arbitraging grain back and forth or or food or whatever it may be, because we want to make sure that we're being fair.
1: I just, yeah. for all of the uproar there is about GMOs in our food, how can people are not freaking out about Chinese apple juice concentrate in our juice boxes? Oh, Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that seems totally mis. Um, the anger seems totally misappropriated there. Yeah.
0: Well. Yeah. I don't think they look. I mean, it, maybe that's Well, I had to check to my Pez this morning. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't have a label. It didn't have a label.
2: No, I'd still like to know if my Pez comes from China because it it would be hard to give that up. I would be devastated. Did you ask Google? No, I'm I'm kind of afraid to know if you want to know the truth. I'm not su- I'm not sure I'm that strong. I'm not sure that that my that that my uh, commitment is that deep to give up Pez.
0: Well, I I can say the one thing um, that I did find in in my research uh, this week has been that you know there are different production practices across the globe um, yeah. and different country food standards uh, or standards of food safety. But according to the USDA, um, what we import has to meet U.S. safety standards Um, and that the the customs agents and things of that nature are the ones that are taking care of that or or monitoring that uh, situation and and making sure that they do meet safety standards both here uh, and abroad. Um, So there is that conversation, but at
1: the same time, um, I'm not sure what that would mean. Um, But you always hear about the cuts and how we don't have enough inspectors and all of that. So that makes me a little questionable. And what are they doing at the border? I mean, are they running pesticide residue tests?
0: No, I can't imagine that they are. Um, I, I answered that very bluntly, like, no, like I know. I don't know. But I can't imagine that they are because it's packaged. Um, when we export goods, um, we're required to fill out customs paperwork and declare you know, what it is. Um, and I, I'm not 100% certain what I could tell you on, um, you know, what goes in. We just have certain quality issues that we need to meet and, and uh, standards. But reality is, um, once we load a container, um, we, put a a lock on it basically we we we, it's locked until it has a a numbered um it's it's like a industrial size zip tie basically And, and it has a number on it and that number is with the customs paperwork and it stays securely closed until it gets to the country we're shipping into um, and then at that point, I can't imagine that you would open a bulk container of soybeans to, to test at customs. So, you know, the, the question of, of what kind of uh, testing is, is done as it leaves and when it comes in, I, I guess, is a pretty valid one. Um, because in, in my experience, I haven't really seen anything that would go above and beyond. Um, you know, you have audits, USDA audits and things like that, where they may come in and, and check stuff out you know, maybe more so on our end, we have our actual customers, representatives from the companies that we sell to that come in and, and check out, you know, our plant and our processing and, and our, all of that stuff. Um, and maybe that's that side, but yeah, if it's already in a container, um, I'm not sure what level of, of inspection the customs agents could do anyway.
2: So if produce comes in packaged, is that right? It comes in Packaged yeah. Yeah, it to the U.S. The same. Yeah. Okay. And so meat, when meat comes in, it's packaged as well. Am I correct? Yeah. If it's processed, if it's already been processed, yes. Okay. So, so meat cuts. Yeah. Yep. Meat cuts. Yeah. So what What are they looking for then when they stamp these inspected by USDA? Because to me, what's inspected here is inspected pre-packaged. I
0: would imagine... And I, I would have to look, and we'd have to ask. Uh, um, I don't, you know, I really don't know. I was going to say. Mean, I mean, is the
2: package it? pretty? I mean, here I'm looking at the package. I'm a USDA inspector. I'm like, well, I can't test it for anything because it's packaged. Oh, look, the Saran wrap is nice and tight.
1: Do you think they opens every so many packages though? I mean, that's what I would assume. Um,
2: and then pre- and then repackage it.
1: No, I, I, I think that you'd pull what you know, pull out a. Pull out a sample. Check okay. it and throw it out. Okay. That's, I don't know. Um,
2: you know, because my initial thought, and I'll be honest, I, I came into this conversation more full of questions than than any kind of knowledge whatsoever. Um and, and to be honest, everything that I did research, which I'm using that term loosely, was was more on the livestock uh beef side, uh, because well, that's where my interest lies. Um, but it, it, it's a lot of in, interesting things. I mean, people want people, I, you know, they say, well, it matters where the livestock was raised and then where it was processed. And to me, I'm like, that's not a big deal to me. I'm here in the middle of Indiana. I don't live near the border. But that's a lot of hassle for farmers that are, you know, cattle born in... Canada raised in the United States, and then if your processing plant, if you're on the border, your processing plant is closest to Canada, you know, that's, I can see that being an issue. Of course, I can pretty much take both sides of the table on any issue. I'm not yeah. very good at, and Canadian beef
0: doesn't concern me as much as. You know, and and it's not like we're we're going to see significant beef imports from China. You know, every single for one, they don't have room for the meat production they they need for their own demand, anyway. Um, but the concern did arise here with the Brazil issue that we had, um, or the Brazil the issue that Brazil had. Um, now, what I'm seeing here um, is that because uh, I'm I just looked it up, and so. The U.S. Food Safety and Inspection Service is responsible for ensuring that domestic and imported meat, poultry, and egg products are safe, wholesome, and accurately labeled. Um, foreign countries export meat and egg products into the U.S. are required to establish and maintain inspection systems that are equivalent to those in the United States. Uh, the FSIS audits foreign inspection systems and reinspects meat and poultry at the point of entry to ensure that foreign countries have maintained equivalent inspection systems. So if you go down to the import, the reinspection at port of entry, it says upon arrival um, at the U.S. port, All meat and poultry shipments must be re-inspected by the FSIS import inspector before they are allowed into this country. Every lot of product is given a visual inspection for appearance and condition and checked for certification and label compliances. This does say that other types of inspection, including product examinations and microbial and chemical laboratory analysis, do, do take place.
2: So, how long does that take though? Let's, I mean, let's be honest, we're sitting there with a truckload of meat or a, a shipping container full of meat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would and, imagine
0: it could only take a couple of days or else we would be really in trouble, you know? Um, and, and
2: does that inspection go both ways, do you think? I mean, like, do you think that everything we export is tested? Pretty much the same as what we yeah, import. Yeah, I think it has to meet the, the same standards.
0: Everything we export has to, uh, well, I, we have to meet the standards of uh, the
2: country we're shipping into. Um, and then how similar are the standards for the United States to every other country? Does that all play into effect with the World Trade Organization as well? Yeah, I think anything that comes
0: into our country has to have standards equ- equal to the U.S. Um, okay. So shipments that pass inspection are allowed to enter U.S. commerce and are treated as a domestic product. Shipments from all countries except Canada are stamped with the official USDA mark of inspection, while Canadian shipments will carry the Canadian mark of inspection
2: in an export stamp. Okay. Because that was that was going to be my next question, or my next point, was that, you know, if you want U.S. stuff, why can't you just look for the USDA inspected um stamp on on say meat and things like that but what you're saying is is that even say if brazil beef this brazil beef had come in it would have gone through usda inspection and would have had this stamp on it as well so you weren't going to know other than country of origin labeling that it wasn't us meat just because it had this usda stamp on it
0: yeah uh with the the lack of mandatory labeling yes I mean I don't okay I mean, there was that was s- my next
2: question yeah so the stamp so the stamp the usD inspected stamp that's on meat is the same stamp for u s meat as it is for imported meat i according to this yes um, okay that was gonna be USD you know like mark of inspection right. so that that was going to be my question was if you just want U.S. meat, that label isn't going to help you. The USDA inspected label isn't going to help you.
0: No. Correct? No. Okay. Yeah. If you want to guarantee you know where your meat's coming from, buy it from your your, your farm or the road kind of deal. Um, The one thing that's kind of positive on the produce side is in order to export to the U.S., a foreign country must have a residue control program with standards equivalent to U.S. standards. Now, Oh really? Not necessarily saying that anyone. Uh,
1: um... I still don't believe it though. I, just, <laughs> I was I just getting over. It. It. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Gonna say, I mean, I'm not that trusting of you know. Yeah, and that's why it says FSIL. countries run by cartels. I'm not so trusting of their pesticide residue testing.
0: Well, if it makes you feel a little bit better, this says that FSIS randomly samples meat, poultry, and egg products for violative chemical residues. It doesn't say anything about ensuring the produce is... uh, And maybe I'm just on a meat... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm just on a meat uh, website here. So I wonder if the same... Um, I'd have to look and see what we can find of uh, uh, the same information, but the this does say that. I'm this. sure there
1: are standards. I just oh yeah. I'm just not very believing in them at the moment. Well, and the, the what exactly. I didn't know my apple juice in the juice box was coming from China. I have trust issues at the moment. I don't blame you. I also have trust issues. That's
2: well, you know, China was China was the one that what shut off uh beef imports from the united states for what 2003 to 2016 for one case of mad cow in washington state right yeah and they shut off brazil for three days yeah yeah Uh, you know that and so i'd have to agree with karen i mean they kind of have a double standard going on if you ask me i hope i didn't just hurt trade with china Oh, I'm sure you did. (laughs)
1: My other question here, too, is okay, so a lot of people are wanting antibiotic free and whatnot, and that seems to be being sourced from other countries. So I don't, that just, that bothers me, too. I, you know. Okay, Okay, that was my,
2: that that actually brings up another question. What are their withdrawal periods? What, you know, do they have the same withdrawal periods for wheat that we do for our livestock? Because I'm going to tell you from a producer standpoint, we're pretty, we're pretty strict and stiff on those. They're, you don't get away with it. And they know where that, where that hog or that, you know, calf comes from if it has any residue left in it. They know well, that the producer. Same thing
1: would, the same thing would be true for if, you know, berries grown. I mean, you have right. harvest time to harvest for every pesticide here in the U.S. I mean, is that the same Right in other countries, you know, do they have to wait 21 days if they spray the same thing we do, or is it just kind of a well, you know, hmm, they won't know. I would say right. it's awful concerning right now.
0: I'm I am trying to look and see um, what is what how produce is inspected or what to ensure that the produce that you're getting at the store is is. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say safe because I don't want to imply that it's dangerous to import food from other countries because that's not. Not the case, you know. the f The FDA inspection rates are, are somewhat concerning that I'm seeing here online, and and uh, um, you know, you're probably onto something, Karen. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I'm I'm not necessarily seeing. Um, there's tons of information about meat, um, eggs, things of that nature, but it's it's very difficult to uh, locate any information that's pertinent about produce, fruits, vegetables. Well, and would, that. I
1: mean. It's, for me, it's not all produce. You know, bananas have, you know, you take the peel off. I'm not as concerned about those. You know, it's like the raspberries and the strawberries and blueberries, um, the ones that my kids really want to eat. Oh, man. <laughs> and I just bought this huge thing of raspberries for like $17.99 at
0: Hy-Vee because all produce at Hy-Vee is 20 times more expensive than it ever was when I went to Meijer. I miss Meyer. Um, And I never checked the label at all. So
1: I'm I'm wondering. Actually, it says product of. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. Okay, so a lot of these, where these berries are coming from, a lot of them, the countries are in turmoil right now. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly, isn't it Argentina or is it Ven- Venezuela? Venezuela. One, uh, you know, I mean, if they don't have money to really run their country, how can they ensure their, that that produce is safe? I mean, in St- okay, so maybe some of them are U.S. companies that are working down there because I know some of the labels have. You know, company labels are you know also have products of the U.S. and products of other countries, but I just I don't know. Yeah, it's. I'm fearing going to the grocery store. I'm gonna have to sit here and order everything online and check and see every product of origin. And if it's not available, I'm just gonna have to not put it in my virtual cart.
2: Okay, that's that was another question I had when I ordered groceries from Walmart the other day. I looked for fresh raspberries, and I did look up. are those country of origin labels, uh, country of origin listed on the websites where you order groceries? Because I don't think I could find it.
1: Uh, what the apple juice was, when I was clicking on the apple juice, it did say, um, but I didn't look at Walmart. I, have, um, I looked at a couple other grocery stores, um, and Meyer being one, on the Meijer website, the Meyer apple juice ha- had said it was 100% USA apples. Okay,
2: um, I'm not, I'll have to look it up if I, have, if I, because I think that I looked for fresh fruit. I was uh, searching fresh fruit on the Walmart grocery <laughs> app, and I don't think I could find the country where it came from, but let me look.
0: I've never checked. That's what I said. I mean, I, I actually kind of feel bad about this because... Well.
2: I do, too, because, I, you know, until we started talking about this, I, I like U.S. made stuff. If I see the label, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we worry about where our clothes from come from and where they're labeled. But honestly,
1: should I, I confess I put- to you that I'll only buy sugar that's processed in like Minnesota and North Dakota because I know sugar beet growers from there. And that's what I want. I don't want sugar cane. I want sugar beets. No, I
0: only <laughs> use sugar beets, but I get Michigan. I always liked uh, the Meyer brand um because oh my god people sugar beets i feel like a horrible mother no i just i'm sugar beets because it's sugar beet country in in michigan and uh so i prefer my sugar um be only beet sugar sorry sugar cane people
1: i know i do the same thing because i'm like oh yeah i went i went on beet harvest a couple years ago yeah did you you like for an hour and i was like okay now i'm all about sugar beets. yeah Well, then I'll confess,
2: I think I'm just a buy the cheapest stuff you can find. I'm not a very good. Oh,
1: there's nothing wrong
2: with that. I I mean, mean, I don't buy enough
1: sugar to sustain the sugar beet industry in North Dakota, but you know, it makes me feel good.
0: It's your own little part. (laughs) I I get frustrated because out here um, at Hy-Vee, at our local Hy-Vee here, um, it does not even say if it's cane or beet sugar and it doesn't say where it comes from. And that frustrates
1: me. Really, yeah. I usually look on the back and see the company. Yeah, well,
0: and that's why I buy the high V sugar, and I'm gonna have to double check and see. Um, I uh, I know that I was I was frustrated here the last time I looked because I was like, why on earth, um, you know, why am I not seeing where this is from, <laughs> kind of deal. And it maybe I was just in a hurry because Carl kind of looks at me funny when I'm I'm taking time to look Through things, he's kind of like, Why are you looking at the labels? Um, you know, and most of the time it's just because a it's my business. job, true, because of the podcast.
2: <laughs> That's why. Okay, so uh, yeah, I guess I'm not a label reader, I like to get in and out as fast as I can. I'm on grocery.walmart.com and I've got blueberries, 11 ounces in the clamshell um no it does not say where they come from and
0: that might be why i mean your online karen did you check your actual produce or did you check your goods um like your apple juice or whatever versus um you know like did did your apples show on on hy where they were from um
1: i did not check on that i was only concerned about the actual juice yeah
0: And that's, I wonder, uh, I'm going to have to to take a look and see, because that's interesting. The whole entire thing is uh, um, interesting to me, because I've never spent the extra time to look. I feel bad.
1: On the Meyer website, under Indian Summer Premium Apple Juice, it says, product details, apple juice made from fresh U.S. apples fortified with at least 120% of your daily vitamin C. Fresh pressed made in the U.S.A. with US U.S. apples is
2: under features. Which, okay. interestingly enough, ninety percent of your vitamin C comes from China as well. <laughs> Jen, you're ruining me. I'm sorry. I- I'm trying to make you a more intelligent person here, Karen. But no, I'm serious. I mean, I'm looking at oh, this the chart. the supplements. That, yeah, you're looking at the sup. In the
0: supplements, aren't yeah. even regulated. That's the funny part. Is well, are they? Do are they? Uh, did I not? Did I see that wrong? Like that's if. Uh, is it because they're not really regulated by the USDA, correct? So you can have your imported supplements, and unless it's ginseng. And then for some uh, reason, I
2: think yeah, ginseng is. I don't know why, but I do know that random odd fact. Isn't
1: it considered a crop instead of a yes. supplement instead of
2: a supplement I mean, because
1: you actually grow ginseng? Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. No, I mean, ninety percent of your vitamin C. Who knew? That's creepy. I avoid
0: mushrooms. Um, I saw mushrooms grown in China, and it was really gross looking. Which mushroom production, I think, is really gross looking anyway, which a mushroom farmer can correct me on that, but I think like that's Carl told me some disgusting story about the Chinese restaurant in Mason City and a mushroom and some sort of parasite and on the store they were like yeah oh, there's stop, stop there's okay. nothing we can do about it it happens and i definitely rethought my mushroom you know the amount of times that i've ate those mushrooms at the chinese restaurant and how i never will again ever
2: now i when i was in vietnam we toured a, a fish farm uh, on some river, and I'll I'll have to get the name of it. I can't remember. But then we also went into where they processed these fish, and it was the cleanest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was absolutely amazed. I, I I'll state it right here. I would eat fish from that company imported from Vietnam. I've never seen any they they were eating. US soybeans and and the place was immaculate, completely white, stainless steel. Oh, yeah. I'm um, over 500 employees in there, everyone wearing Tyvek suits and booties and their hair was covered and everything was stainless steel and and when these people left There were, um, like, they didn't, everything that was processed there had to be live. Anything that was dead was sent out the back door on trucks. These people would stop at the fish market on their way home, which was disgusting, and buy their meat because they didn't want the frozen meat that they were packaging and sending to the U.S. uh, Because it was processed, I guess. I can't begin to tell you, but what they were eating compared to what they were shipping to the U.S., and I would eat what they would shipped. It was, it was an immaculate facility.
0: Yeah, that's I know. Um, I've never been over there personally, but um, my boss and uh, coworker have been over to the places that uh, my that use our beans, and uh, yeah, they've said the exact same thing. Uh, everything's white. well. I and picture that's... like the Willy Wonka factory. Um,
2: oh, completely. Yeah, I mean, we. I went over with uh, United Soybean see for yourself i mean and it was it obviously a soybean tour and i i can tell you there was a lot of stuff over there i don't ever want to go back to those countries china and vietnam but that fish processing plant was amazing that yeah
0: so i mean it's not always um you know some of these imports that we have aren't well it's concerning because we don't know and I mean, it's, it's not like, I was going to say, maybe my fear is in my head. But. I, I'm i not saying that on the produce side. Cause like I said, I cannot find much information I'm not either. on um, produce production here. And, and with the, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's not, I mean, there's one thing um, when it comes to cattle production and things like that, that um or hog production or whatever it may be fish raising fish or whatever that you know that's that's one thing um you know you can argue about what that does to the meat and in, in the animal that you're producing over and over and over again until you're blue in the face when you're spraying something directly on fruit especially a fruit that that doesn't have a a skin you know like a raspberry or um lettuce or mushrooms or whatever that may be i mean that is concerning that is something to be aware of and and you know, I would appreciate uh, um, if someone has some better information out there as to how this produce is produced and things like that. I would love to see it um, in those countries. And, and again, we're not talking Canada. You know, to me, Canada is, is America Junior. I mean, it's it's no different other than they say, hey, America, Junior dukes and drink maple syrup with every meal. That's how I picture Canada. Um, but you know, I, if you're talking Mexican fruit production or, or something of that nature, I'd really question, you know, what the,
1: well, you know, places where there's a lot of corruption and bribing of the officials that concerns me, you know,
0: I've never batted an eye at Chilean grapes. But I think that's just because I have an axe to grind. Because a long time ago, someone said they would never buy grapes from Chile, and they they never had a reason. And I was just like, oh, I'm gonna buy grapes from Chile just to prove you wrong. I don't know why. I
1: I, because
0: they're delicious. Here's the
1: thing with grapes: you need to friend a grape farmer. Yeah. Because grapes straight out of the field, you'll never eat grapes in the store again. Really?
2: My daughter, my daughter uh, did that in Australia, and that's she said. I couldn't stop eating them. Really? She said they were yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I've only. Because the sugar is all still in the grape when you pick them off the vine. And we've, uh, yeah, we've had some from the Martin Hein Ranch that were like picked that day and flown home that night. And oh, wow, yeah. I need your friends. You can't get better grapes. but Well, they're Chad's friends. I need Chad's
0: <laughs> friends. I uh, have never, I've only had like Michigan grown wild, nasty, sour as hell grapes. Like, And and I'm not saying, like, against our wineries or anything like that, because I've never went out and picked a a grape from there. I'm just talking, like, occasionally in Michigan, you'll have, like, these backyard vines grow, and they usually have really awful sour grapes. It's disgusting.
1: They say that that has a lot to do with our weather here, and that's why we can't grow the best grapes for wine or anything else. Well, that's in
0: Michigan, up there, we have the the wineries up near Traverse City, but that's – it's a special area. Like, the weather's different. It's cloudier yeah. um, and cooler in the summertime or whatever because of the lake. So I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, it's not like we solved the the world's problems with uh, cool here country of, of origin labeling. I mean, I, I just I think it's something that's important to, to pay attention to. I, I would like to avoid. um you know, taking a protectionist stance. I mean, that's what to me. Yes, I would. I would love to have uh, my meat labeled, but I also understand that it it cannot be a a requirement. Um, I I get the the reasoning behind the the WTO ruling. I get why Canada and and uh, Mexico were were bothered by
2: the deal here. I I understand so that. Um, if we, if we can't make this a law, can't retailers do this themselves? Yes. yes.
1: Well, here's the thing. Everybody's looking for a niche market. Well, put Made in the USA on yeah, that label. No I mean, there's your niche market right yeah, there. because
0: I can't imagine Canada can sue hy V. You know what I mean? If, if hy V right. makes it a store policy, and I think there are stores that do. And I think it, it, the fact that we haven't necessarily seen a label on our package of meat um, doesn't m- mean that they wouldn't do it. Maybe they just perhaps source their meat. I can't imagine being in in BFE, Iowa. We would be able to import um, cattle, you know, or meat products
1: from Brazil. Now, the one thing I, I, but I would think your larger box stores that they could. Yes,
0: I think they can, and I think I've seen it in Walmart, um,
1: perhaps. But I could be wrong. Well, I I mean, I buy my local beef, you know, at the locker seven miles away, and I get my pork out of Minnesota from Minnesota Brian. 'Cause I met him on Twitter and now I get pork from him. Right. And-
2: <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I swear I read an article that said the, the cool labeling was on was the job of the retailer anyway, not the processor.
1: Did I it's the, it's the retailer, yeah, any supermarket, but like it's different. Like it doesn't a butcher who doesn't have produce, he doesn't he didn't have the same rules as a grocery store that has both meat and produce.
2: So if that's wrong, if it's the retailer's job, then what what we're exporting wouldn't have the label on it anyway, right? I'm confused. The, the U.S. Now.
0: label, yeah. I mean, it would it would have the the U.S. label on it because that would be part of the customs paperwork that went with it. What the the countries that we're exporting into, you know, what our importers are doing once they're putting it in the stores is, is entirely up to them.
1: For the purposes of COOL, the definition of retailer generally includes most grocery stores and supermarkets. Retail firms such as fish markets and butcher shops, as well as small stores that do not sale the threshold amount of fresh produce, are exempt from the country of origin labeling requirements. Restaurant so, and other food service establishments, cafeterias, lunchrooms, institutions are also exempt.
2: So if the retailer is having to do this job. Who who is exporting this food? Now I'm thoroughly companies. confused to be honest.
0: I mean the the export side out of the US is is just different companies.
1: Um you know I mean the people labeling it are the companies producing the food because it's already on the label when it gets to the grocery store. That's yeah that's <laughs> that's where
0: I got confused. Yeah whoever so, is the reseller in the US. So like um say Joe Blow Joe Blow meat company or whatever um they are the they're doing the packaging and the the distribution into the stores and they're the ones when they do the packaging and the distribution
2: are labeling as far and they're considered the retailer and they're considered the retailer
1: yeah i i believe i could be completely wrong i
2: guess i don't know um see it's kind of confusing if the the retailer it's
1: not going to buy anything that's not labeled because they have to have something that's labeled yeah and Hy-Vee may
0: choose, you know, Hy-Vee may p- take in packages and and uh, do their, because it it's going to be, you know, they have their own brands that they sell, and so there may be some repackaging there, I would imagine.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, I, I the, when I read that, that just kind of confused me as to why isn't this the processor's job, because isn't this, you know, who's considered the retailer in this position, I guess. Yeah. It's the grocery, store, the grocery
0: store. Yeah, Karen's right on that. It's the the grocery store is is uh, responsible because I think that's why you see the aftermarket the like the black sticker.
1: Here we go. Any okay. person engaged in the business of supplying a covered commodity to a retailer, whether directly or indirectly, must make available information to the buyer about the countries of origin and methods of production of the covered commodity. And then the
0: buyer is the one who is the the reseller which gets, that's where it gets confusing is because the information
1: may be provided either on the product itself on the master shipping container or in a document. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting. I mean, it it really is. And then you of course have your secondary, uh, ways around labels, which is everyone uses the example of a shrimp quiche, which sounds disgusting by the way.
1: Yeah. I'd have to, but if you, I don't eat. Yeah.
0: If you as a, a U.S. Um, processor, let's say, um, you know, you can bring in Chinese shrimp, like chop them up and put them into a quiche and then you do not have to say anything about the shrimp being from China. Just so you know. So if you're out eating shrimp quiche, first of all, ew. And secondly, you don't know where your shrimp is, is coming from. And that's why, um... You know, that's one of the things where people have said that they avoid, like, tilapia now, mm-hmm. Um, is because the bulk of it... Why do they avoid Yeah, it comes from China. A lot of it does or whatever. Like, isn't there... Jen, what's the percentage? Do you have that on your chart of... uh
2: I actually I do. I do. Let avoid. me share that with you. 78%. But now, I... It was either and cod is fifty percent, and I can't remember what the fish farm was we went to. What type of fish it was?
1: It, I think it was tilapia. They're easy to
0: grow. That's um, one
1: thing. I think they're very quick and and easy to. Well, they're a mild fish also, yeah. which is more palatable to a lot of people.
2: Which is what the McDonald's fish is, tilapia. Is that correct? I think so. no. I, yeah, I have no idea. I think I'm right, but I didn't tell you I that the right. that McDonald's fish sandwich is
0: amazing. I don't know why. I love McDonald's. You can't the make them at home the
1: same way. It's just like a chicken sandwich. No. You can
0: get as seventeen. 17- I don't think I've ever eaten one.
1: Oh, I prefer I would the never. I prefer the cod sandwich from Culver's when necessary. <laughs> oh, now that sounds good too. No, it
2: is, it's, I always tease Chris that he would eat a Whopperito. He claims he wouldn't. A Whopperito? What but is have that? Have you ever had a Whopperito? I don't know. It's like a Whop. It's from Burger King, and it's like a Whopper. In a flour tortilla. It's a whopper. Anything in a flour tortilla disgusts me. And I'm like, Except for a taco. Chris Campbell will eat anything. <laughs> or a burrito. Chris, Cam- yeah. Chris Campbell will eat anything. And he's like, I swear, go buy one. It'll sit here forever. I'm like, no, when no one's looking, Chris, you would eat a Whopperito. <laughs> I
0: just don't know why you would waste a delicious whopper by putting it into a... Tortilla. Because I guess people on
2: that low carb diet thing. I I don't don't know either. That's
0: just, I can't. Wraps are gross to me. I, they just. Ooh, I won't eat wraps either. Especially gas station wraps. I mean, that's just like asking for dysentery. (laughs) I'd like food, food poison, please.
2: <laughs> One order of food poisoning with a wrap on the right side. Here. I guess that, that's a good diet. Yeah, I guess
0: so. Have this disgusting tortilla filled with gross, slimy meat products, and have it taste like
2: that's been sitting
0: on the shelf. Yeah, for and have it taste a like month. saran wrap. Just can't. But so, in any event, um, you know, I don't think we really. <laughs> solve the world's problems with this i mean we just had a conversation and that's all we're here for like i don't want anyone to get this idea here that all of a sudden we're going to come out and be like hey uh, here's our opinion and this is how the world should operate that's not what we're we're here mainly for entertaining purposes and that's questionable sometimes um do you guys have anything you'd like to add uh to the cool discussion um you know anything that you'd like to, to
1: throw in last word perhaps this is one thing. I'd like to see all labels have country of origin label. I can agree. I can agree with that. I mean, I, I want to know where it comes from. It may deter my buying habits and it may not. It just kind of depends on how hungry I am at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and how much time you have in the grocery
2: store. I mean, honestly, so do you do, you know, do we do we look as a store because we can't, you know, as
0: much as we want it, um, if we're going to continue to embrace these free trade policies, we really can't. Um, and we want them. I mean, they're very beneficial for agriculture. I, I cannot sit here and, and um say that enough. But at the same time, we're also able to to produce our own food, you know, pretty substantially. I mean, U.S. demand can be covered basically by U.S. supply unless we ran into a a, a weather issue. You know, when you saw the, the drought in California, you really, you really saw your produce prices mm. go up and things like that. So that's. Knock on wood, no weather you know, conditions The only here. thing we don't have is bananas. Yeah, that's <laughs> why, it, and we don't grow them
2: anywhere else. That's the... Oh, they do yeah, at they Iowa do State, that? just FYI. Yeah, they grow all, Iowa State grows all the bananas they need for their campus. I did not know that, Jen. You are amazing. Well, that'd be Casey well, Campbell. Why,
0: I mean, <laughs> I would love to see Iowa, and I, I talked about it in a, a different podcast on another network a while ago what i know what
2: i cheated on you guys i'm sorry
0: um but i would love to see someone in iowa you know prop up a bunch of uh greenhouses and start producing some food you know local
1: local produce um but it'd be expensive though just to heat those over the winter would be a killer yeah that's
0: the thing is you just cannot it's not economically viable so we need food imports um we do we i mean we don't need meat imports i don't think by any means um no offense other countries but we do need um produce imports i mean we we don't have enough um available warm temperatures and things of that nature i don't think to to meet the demand
1: well and we need chocolate yes we need chocolate we need
0: coffee um you know there's a lot of things that we don't necessarily produce here so that's the problem is yeah we want the label we want to be able to buy US but at the same time we, we don't want to incite some sort of trade war um, with other countries you know when things have been going reasonably well so far so it's hard I guess it goes back to you know if, if you do have a concern um, about where your food's coming from you either buy it local or, or um, do your research and, and figure out what you got going on there is is really the only way to avoid taking something in that you don't want to to have your family eating
1: at this point. So, um I need to go replace all the apple juice in my house. Right?
0: Yeah. I don't drink apple juice. Uh one time when I was like 6, I, my dad I had the stomach flu, and my dad's like I read somewhere, which I don't know where he would have read because the internet wasn't a thing yet, maybe a reader's digest or something, um, you know, apple juice will help calm your stomach. No, it has the exact opposite effect. FYI. And so since then, like, here we are 29 years later, and the thought of apple juice still makes me want to hear that, and it looks like <laughs> piss. I'm sorry. I mean, does your apple juice get replaced with urine? Who knows, until you taste it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jen, do you have
2: anything you want to add? You know, I'd like to know what livestock withdrawals are in other countries, um, if they're the same as the US and I really need to know where Pez comes All from. All right,
0: listeners, you have one job. Jen just asked you that. So you've got you've got to give one. Find the Pez That's factory. That's why we find the Pez, right? Factory. We've got some swag coming soon. Yeah. Some pretty awesome swag yes. and uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll give you some some chances to win some awesome Girls Talk Ag goods. Um, so guys, do you have anything else or are we good right now? I'm good no
1: nope, I need to I need to get the planner rolling that Jen's so. got to feed the
2: world I know that's my nice. job
1: my kids are quiet when they haven't been this whole podcast so there must be something bad going on
2: <laughs> no you just stay in your office now you don't have to talk to us you don't have to talk to them they're quiet you just Eat enjoy and start drinking that's what I would do fire you but not, not apple, apple juice, juice. <laughs> no because it might be piss
0: up on that note that wraps up this week's podcast go ahead and take a look back at our our supplemental hot mess moms and ag um release that we put out last thursday you'll laugh you'll cry you'll feel better about your life um we definitely that's our our new monthly edition um and we'll be back next week talking about other important things that we feel like talking about because this is our podcast and we can so uh as always thanks for listening and have a good one